center our thoughts, O God, and our hearts upon these words of your servant Paul and what they can speak from an ancient church to a modern one of what it means to express our gratitude. In Christ's name, amen. Well, we close our series today, The Blessed Life. And you know, when people say, oh gosh, I've had such a blessed life, we know that often they're thinking about what they have and the, and the things they've been able to enjoy in life. And, and I'm not poo-pooing that. That is a part of being blessed. You ought to be able to enjoy what you have. But if you get nothing else from this series, I hope you'll understand the blessed life is more. It also includes what we're able to give and what we're able to do for others. If you would ask Billy Graham, have you lived a, a blessed life I know on many occasions Billy Graham said, I have had such a blessed life. And if you ask him why, I doubt he would have said it's because of the 11 presidents I got to sit with personally. It's because of the world leaders and the palaces around the globe I got to go in. He would have said, it's because a, a poor country boy from North Carolina could be used by God to bring millions of people to Christ. The blessed life is what we can give and do for God and for other people. So on the Sunday before Thanksgiving, we close with one final element of the blessed life, and it is an appreciative life. For those who've been a part of our series, you may be thinking that sounds similar to what we did a few weeks ago. We talked about how the blessed life is a grateful life, but there's a difference between gratitude and appreciation. You can feel grateful for something, but not necessarily take the time and the effort to express appreciation. On Halloween evening, we had probably more children in our neighborhood trick-or-treating than we've ever had. We've had a lot of young families move into the neighborhood. So uh, I was coming in from out of town. I called Susan. She went to the store, got candy. Six o'clock, doorbell started ringing. It rang quite a bit that evening. And one ring had this just mass of children in front of the door. And you might remember, it was pretty cold. Kids didn't hang around long. So Susan, uh, they all shouted trick-or-treat. She put the candy in the bags, and then they bolted away, you know, away from the door out to the next house, except for one little girl. She couldn't have been more than four years old. She turned around and said, thank you. I'm so grateful for this candy. I hope you have a happy Halloween. <laughs> Cute as can be. It reminded me of the story of Jesus healing the 10 lepers in the Gospel of Luke. I wanted to say, did not 10 children receive candy? Where are the other nine? Is the only one to return and give thanks this little girl dressed up as Barbie? Appreciation blesses. And perhaps none greater than the person who expresses it. Paul, in nearly all of his letters, expressed gratitude for the recipients. He did it for the Romans, his letter to the Corinthians, to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, the Thessalonians. Part of the reason he did was that's just the way you wrote a letter in the first century. You began with your opening salutation, greeting, and then you extolled the recipient in some way, typically just a sentence. I thank God for you except the Philippians. 
Paul's letter to the Philippians stands out among the others because of how much attention he gives over many verses expressing gratitude for them. He begins, I thank my God for all my remembrance of you. Paul had a special relationship with this church. Philippi was the first city in Greece Paul visited when he came to that country on his second missionary journey. It was a Roman colony. There were not many Jews there. They did not have a synagogue. But Paul suspected if there are any Jewish families, then I bet the women will be gathering at the nearest river to wash utensils and follow the rituals of purification of their faith. Sure enough, there was a woman there named Lydia. Paul got into a conversation about Jesus with her. She invited Paul back to her house, and she and her whole family were baptized, and her home became the church in Philippi. Now, Paul left Philippi. He went to Thessalonica. He went to Berea. He went to Athens, but he never really left Philippi. He stayed in close communication with this community. They gave generously to Paul's mission of helping the widows in Jerusalem whenever they heard that Paul was in prison. They wrote with anxious worry, how are you? Are you okay? Accept these gifts. We hope they'll be of help. There was a very tender, close relationship between this pastor and the church. I know that we live in a day and time when it is terrifically easy to get down on the church. You bring enough Christians together and start talking about church wounds and you'll, just, you'll need to hunker down because you're going to be there a while. Everyone has a story to tell and you can start on the stories and begin to get down on the church and, and begin to question, do we even need the church anymore? But it's important, it's important to do the other and to remember what's good about it. To remember the people who showed you unconditional love in the church. The people who maybe when you were a child took you under their wing, loved you, cared for you, invested in your future. Because when it's at its best, there's nothing like the church. So thinking of Philippi, Paul grabbed parchment and quill and started his letter. I thank my God for all my remembrance of you. It's important to express appreciation. When I came to St. Luke's 12 years ago, I shared on this Sunday before Thanksgiving how I was in what I called my year of gratitude. I had made it a spiritual practice that year to go to different people for whom I was grateful. Grateful for their influence, their investment in my life, what they meant to me. And so I started looking people up. Some of them I had not seen in years. My basketball coach from high school. Hadn't seen him since graduation. The pastor of my home church under whom I entered the ministry. Old teachers and professors and friends. And with each visit, we didn't just catch up on life. And I didn't just thank them I told them why I said here's what you did in my life here's the difference that you made for me none of those visits ended with a dry eye 
I think I got that from my father. My father drilled into me, you always say thank you. A good example is when I went to college. I had to work hard to afford college. I got every scholarship I possibly could. One of them was called a Swicegood scholarship. It was for pre-ministerial students, undergrads looking to go to seminary and become pastors one day. It paid $1,000 a year, which this tells you how long ago it was, was 20% of my total annual tuition. So it was a big scholarship to be able to get. I had to meet a minimum grade point average and maintain that. And I also had to have church officials write letters vouching for my character. That was harder than meeting the grade average, (laughs) but I got it. And I called my parents and told them about it. And my dad's first statement was, who is Swicegood? I said, what? He said, you said it's called the Swicegood Scholarship. I'm assuming it's named for somebody. Do you know who it is? I don't know who it is. He goes, you need to find out. And if that person is still living, you should thank them. Okay, Dad. I found out that the original donor was a widow named Mildred Swicegood, and would you believe lived a half a mile from my parents' house. So the next time I was home for a visit, I called this woman and asked if I could come by for a visit. Drove to her home expecting to drive up in front of a mansion. I mean, you gotta be rich, don't you? To give a scholarship that can pay that much tuition to a student every year? I mean, only mega wealthy people can give scholarships. Imagine my surprise when I drove up to a condominium. It couldn't have been more than 1,200 square feet. And this widow came and greeted me, and we sat down. She explained how her son was a Presbyterian pastor. He went to the same college. And when her husband was living at the time, they appreciated so much what the college had done for their son, the education he got. They said, you know what? Let's take a chunk of our savings, and let's invest it in a scholarship. Oh, my goodness. That visit changed my life in many ways. You know why? Because if I had not made that visit, I would have been so proud of myself. I would have beat my chest and said, I earned my way through college. I had to earn every scholarship I got. I worked after school. I did it. And I realized I'm nothing more than the recipient of other people's gifts. Without them, I don't do much in life. None of us do. None of us do. We don't get through this life alone. And even if we could, would it be worth living? Oh, it's so important to practice rituals, rituals like appreciation that help us remember we're recipients of gifts, gifts that are meant to be passed passed on through our lives. Getting ready for the Sunday, uh, Pastor Mindy had a thought. 
She recommended that we offer as a Thanksgiving ritual this week, maybe what is a little bit of an addition to something you do. How many of you, when you sit around the table, perhaps it's your family, maybe other friends, you have a ritual where you say, now let's go around the table and everybody say something we're thankful for. Anybody do that? Okay, quite a few of you. Let's all say something we're thankful. Everybody says something, you know. But I love this idea. Mindy said, you know, what if we have everybody say why? Not just what, but why? Why was the gift special? What difference did it make in your life? If the gift is a person, what did they do for you? Why is the gift important? How are you different because of somebody else? It is so important to remember that. And you know, you don't have forever to do it. You don't have unlimited time to be able to go to people and to say, thanks, I'm so grateful that three weeks ago my sister called on Saturday and said, Rob, can you come? She hadn't done that before. And I made a quick trip down for one day with my mother. And that was the last time I saw her. The last conversation of any count that we had I helped her outside on the deck. It was a sunny day, comfortable enough to be outside. And for a few minutes, there's just the two of us. I could tell by the look in my mother's eye, I don't know that she recognized me. I said, Mom, I came to say thank you. You were a good mom. And I appreciate you. She stared off. I don't know how much really sank in, but you never do. The point is not for us to question how much sinks in when we express appreciation. The point for us is to say it. The next morning, when mom got up, she had no memory of my being there the day before. I was getting ready to leave, and when she saw me, my sister helped her into the living room. She looked with the biggest surprise and went, you're here. I believe I will see that look again one day. I believe I will see my mother in heaven and with great shock and awe, she will look at me and go, you're here? <laughs> I believe I will. Pastor Javon is preaching for Mindy today at Midtown, and again, when we were working on this, Javon shared about a social media movement right now called Give People Their Flowers. What it means is don't wait until somebody dies to give them their flowers. Give them their flowers while they're alive. Go to them and thank them. Tell them why they've made a difference in your life. Do you have someone you need to give flowers to today? Is there someone you can share appreciation with for the difference they made in your life because without them you wouldn't be where you are Paul wrote to the Philippians I thank my God for all my remembrance of you my preaching professor in seminary explained that Paul's phrase in the language he wrote Greek is an unusual one in which the personal pronouns can be interchanged. 
It can say, I thank my God for all my remembrance of you. It can also say, I thank my God for all your remembrance of me. He did it again just a few verses later. He said to them, it is right for me to think this way about you because I hold you in my heart. It could also read just as easily because you hold me in your heart. Well, now, which is it? How should you know which way to translate it? I thank my God for all my remembrance of you or for all your remembrance of me. You know what the answer is? Yes. Yes. Because appreciation works that way. It's mutual. Somebody does something for you, you express appreciation. It draws out of them an appreciation. So one gives it, the other receives it. One receives it, the other gives it. It's back and forth. It's mutual. It's the same. And when you know that and when you live that way, appreciation itself becomes a gift instead of a reward. And the gifts of life can get lessened when appreciation becomes a reward. You give a gift to somebody few days later you check your email maybe they've written a little thank you note nothing from them you check your email the next day still no message you go to the mailbox well, I'm sure they probably sent a, a thank you note in the mail there's nothing from them you go to the mailbox the next day nothing you go the next day what's happening you're beginning to get a little agitated they can't even say thank you how unappreciative and ungrateful I don't know that I'll give them anything anymore if they can't even say thank you. And you know what happens? The gift becomes worth nothing. But when appreciation is the reward, you know what it does? You know what it does? It becomes your key to unlock a prison door. Paul wrote Philippians in jail. We're not sure which one. Many say it was Caesarea, where Paul probably knew he would never be free again. He was chained in a dungeon for two years, awaiting transportation to Rome, where he would stand trial before Caesar. It was probably there Paul received a gift from the Philippians, and he wrote a letter to them. What's unusual about the letter is it's one of the shortest Paul wrote, just four chapters, but 16 times he uses the word joy, rejoice. You read Philippians, four times a chapter, joy, 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 and you have no awareness that Paul is writing from a prison because his expression of appreciation has liberated him. It has set him free regardless of his circumstances. He's free. Bill Balknight, former United Methodist pastor, tells a story about a Christian counselor who helped a young man. The parents of the son became so distraught because he got addicted to drugs and it led to a depression that caused him to take his life or at least try to. He was unsuccessful, but when he woke up in the hospital and realized he had failed, he got even more discouraged. He said to his parents, please, 
please let me. When I get out of here, I'm just going to try again. The parents happen to be members of an Emmaus community. That is a life-changing retreat in the United Methodist Church. People go on and learn about grace and God's love for them, and it renews them. And people who go on the walk to Emmaus remain in a community of hundreds. And so people in this community not only prayed for this family, they wrote cards to the young man. A Christian counselor came to see him, asked what the stack of cards this tall in the windowsill was. He said, oh, it's friends of my parents. He read through a few cards. They were to him. He said, I know you're going to try again. I can't stop you and no one can. And if you want to take your life bad enough, you will succeed eventually. But let me ask you to do something. Will you make an agreement with me today that you will not try to take your life again until you write a thank you to everybody who sent you a card? They went back and forth and back and forth, but finally he agreed. He agreed. Over a hundred thank yous. And when he finished... He no longer wanted to take his life and got into treatment to overcome his addiction. Appreciation sometimes reserves its blessing the most for the one who expresses it. Are you in a prison of some kind today? Has life not turned in the favor you hoped it would, giving you a reason to feel as thankful as you wanted today it may make absolutely no sense but just try expressing appreciation and see what it does